Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Well, I want to say not just good morning, but Merry Christmas to our online family and everyone at Philadelphia Tabernacle. Come on, let's greet them. Everyone, greet Philly Tab. We're continuing our series titled The Miracle in You. And today we're going to see yet another miracle unfolding before us. And the unfolding of this miracle is for our inspiration and expectation. Okay, all of these are, but I want to I want to really focus in on this because this is something that is really important to our everyday life. And this miracle is meant to inspire you and to raise your expectations that that if it happened in the New Testament, if it happened in the Old Testament, how many know it can happen right here, right now for you and I? Does everybody believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Hallelujah. And so I actually read this this morning, and I just felt to put it in the message to kind of as a as a bedrock foundation of this is the way God has been moving from the very beginning. So I read this today, uh, Psalm 114, verses 1 and 2. Listen to this. It says, when Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, this is when they were in slavery for 400 years, Okay, this is when God miraculously broke the back of the reigning power on the earth at that time. The Egyptian army, the Egyptian government, one was one of the greatest powers of that time on the entire globe. One of the most sophisticated armies, one of the most sophisticated cultures, mathematics and, and architecture was ruling and reigning at that time. And the, and the Israelites were, were, were just slaves. They had no weaponry. They had no leadership. They had nothing. But God raises up Moses and says, I want you to go and set my people and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And I'm going to move by my mighty power. It was by 10 miracles that God did that the, the will, the, the power, the energy of those people, the pride of those people were broken and they had to let them go. And so it says, when Israel came out of Egypt, I wish, I want to insert by the miraculous, powerful hand of God, the delivering power of God, Jacob, which speaks to the nation of Israel from a people of a foreign tongue. Here's what happened. Judah became God's sanctuary. This is, this is speaking of the tribes of God's people. They became God's sanctuary and Israel. Another two names for the same group of people and Israel, his dominion. When God was taking his 
people out of Egypt. He was taking them from one government to another, from bondage to freedom. How many know that it is part of the will of God to take us from bondage and to lead us into freedom by his miraculous power? How many would say amen? It is not God's will for us to be in bondage. It's God's will for us to be free. And he did that on the world stage. He gave a man a stick and he said, you walk into that palace. And every time he walked into that palace, that Pharaoh had the power to say, cut his neck off. I'm tired of hearing his voice. But he did not because he could not. And he could not because when Moses walked in there, God was with him. That is the, mir the miracle of presence. And then when God spoke through Moses, and it was 10 trips to Pharaoh. You know, I was talking to some young, some young people the other day, and I said, you know, we're called to inner ministry. We're called to cities like Chicago and Philadelphia. And you know what inner city ministry is like? It's just like Moses going to Pharaoh. It's 10 trips to Pharaoh because there are many, many bondages and levels of strongholds that, that need to be broken. But I've got news for you. The God that we serve is a bondage breaker. He is the God who sets us free. You may have more than one problem, but God has more than enough power to deal with all of our problems. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Here and now, hallelujah. Because he's able to turn our lives around. Amen. But it was by the miraculous guidance of God. And let me say this to you for those who are thinking perhaps about who to follow with your life. So of the three great monotheistic religions, monotheistic meaning um, one God, um, Islam, Judaism, Christianity. It's important for you, this is fundamental. So for Islam, Salvation and victory is very territorial. There, is writings that, there are writings that declare that they will not uh, finish their march and their fight until every, the, the spire of every mosque is higher than the spire of any other church or religion. Look it up, that is factual. For the nation of Israel... Salva salvation was national. Let my people go. Set my people free. You will become my people. And Israel, from there, they became a nation. And so, so for, for the nation of Israel, salvation is national. Right? We say pray for the peace of Israel. But now comes along Christianity. Now comes the Son of the Most High God. And the Son of the Most High God came to this earth because salvation through the heart of God, through the heart of Jesus, was individual. You see, what God, God wants to do something greater than, than making our politics better. God wants to do something greater than making our economy better. 
God wants to do something so great, so near, so powerful that it is a personal miracle inside of each and every individual here. Regardless of what you struggle with, regardless of what the bondage is, regardless of what the battle, you might say, my flavor of struggle is so difficult. And indeed it is. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And God is able to set his people free. Come on, somebody in Philadelphia, praise God with me for a minute. We serve a God of power and love. The miracle of presence, the miracle of power, but it's individual. Today, what we see is that we're talking about individual. So let's read today Matthew chapter 2. We're going to go to the day that he was born. Matthew 2 beginning with verse one says, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time when Herod was king. Soon afterwards, some men who studied the stars came from the east to Jerusalem. And by the way, they were called wise men uh, and asked, where is the baby born to be the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it came up in the east, and we have come to, let's read these two words, ready? Worship him. Very, very important. We've come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, he was very upset, and so was everyone else in Jerusalem, He called together all the chief priests and the teachers of the law and asked them, where will the Messiah be born? Now, let me pause here for a second. And I want you to notice that someone who postured himself as an enemy of God at that time, he still acknowledged the power of the prophetic word of God. Because he actually went to the senior leaders the chief priests, the people who studied the Bible, and he said, where is the prophesied Messiah to be born? He knew that Messiah was coming. Okay, do you know that Messiah has come? How many know Messiah has come? Hallelujah. So it says, uh, uh, so in the town of Bethlehem in Judah, they answered... For this is what the prophet wrote. Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you are by no means the least of the leading cities of Judah. For from you, it's just this little place at the time, but for from you will come a, everybody say that with me, leader who will everyone guide my people Israel. And so there was a prophecy hundreds of years before that said the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And in each time that there's this revelation of the coming Messiah, whether it be an angel speaking or a prophet speaking, God was revealing another miracle. He was, in the first, he talked about Emmanuel, God with us, which was the miracle of presence. There is no greater miracle than the miracle of the creator of the universe wanting to live inside of you and me. 
Then there was the miracle of the virgin birth, just to go over this with everyone. Okay, how was a virgin made pregnant? Because the Spirit of God came upon him and the power came upon her and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. That was a miracle of power. But today the title of the, me of the message is the miracle of guidance. The miracle of guidance. Because Jesus was prophesied to come to be a ruler and a guide. He came to be our ruler and our guide. And I want to suggest something to you that maybe you've overlooked or taken maybe for granted. But can I tell you something? When you have the guidance of God, that is a miracle. When God steps into your life and you start to experience the supernatural guidance of God, it is an absolute miracle. Some of us, we take for granted sometimes and sometimes we don't the place that we were born and the people that we've met. And because of the people that we've met, it, it, it has shaped who we've become and, and, uh, and how we met our spouse or how this happened or how that happened. And you're like, I can't believe that that happened. You know what that was? That was the providential, miraculous guidance of God. There's a miracle of guidance. And I want you to think for a moment before we pray about the impact of good guidance versus bad guidance. Do you know, according to Pew Research, 15% of people get guidance from religious sources, the Bible, or religious leaders, while 82%, everybody say 82%. 82% depend on their own research or intuition. In other words, people choose online searches for their guidance above the Bible. Okay? What this is saying is it's possible that eight out of every 10 people, even who are hearing, but I say not my people, uh, yeah. <laughs> Right, But it's possible that the way we are led is more by our own intuition, which is, I feel. I feel. I feel. How many times have I said over the years, maybe it's been a while since I said I'm going to bring it back. You know you're growing up in God when you move from I feel to the Bible says. Amen. When you're experiencing the guidance of God, the Holy Spirit never contradicts himself. And here's the key. Right before I walked out, my wife said this to me, and I said, I got to put that in the message. Okay? The ultimate end of his miraculous guidance is his unfolding favor. The ultimate end of his miraculous guidance is his unfolding favor. And here's what that means, and then we're gonna pray in just a moment. So what it means is this, is that God will lead you from here to here. And if you really follow the Lord as you go to make the decisions of your life, there's more favor of God at this place. But it doesn't end there. Then there's another place. And when God, if you let God lead you, God leads you, God leads you, you get here. And guess what? Even more favor than last time. And it's favor on upon favor. It's strength upon strength. It's grace upon grace. This made me, uh, we, we found this story 
and I'll, I'll just say this before we pray. So, you know, uh, Albert Einstein was taking a train out of Princeton, which is uh, where he ended up landing, you know, a professorship or whatever you call that. And so when, he, when he's on the train, the ticket guy comes and he says, where's your ticket? And he couldn't find his ticket. And um, so finally he looks here, he looks there, he looks everywhere, couldn't find the ticket. And finally he says to Dr. Einstein, he says, Dr. Einstein, I know you. I know you take this train all the time. I know that you got your ticket, so don't worry about it. So he starts walking by, and as, he, and he's, as he's walking away, he looks back, and Dr. Einstein is like on the floor looking under the seats and he's, all this kind of stuff. And... Um, and he, uh, he comes back and he says, look, it's okay. Don't worry about it. He says, young man, I too know. He says, I know you're Dr. Einstein. He says, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. <laughs> and how many know even Dr. Einstein needs to know where he's going? Do you know where you're going? Are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Are you experiencing and taking advantage of the miracle of guidance? Because that's what we're talking about. Come on, lift your hands. In Philadelphia, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Jesus, that you died for more than territory. You died for more than something uh, national. God, we, we thank you that you died for each and every individual. And that includes all of us. Our hearts are precious to you. Lord, your word says that you knew us before the foundations of the earth and that even at that time, you prepared good works for us to do in advance. And truly, we are your workmanship. <clears throat> and so, Father, I pray for everyone listening in Philadelphia. I pray for everyone listening online. I pray, oh God, for everyone here. God, we want the miracle of guidance. And God, we thank you for all the ways that you've led us up till this point. But we pray for more guidance. We pray for more direction from the Holy Spirit. We pray that your word, oh God, would be fulfilled. The steps of the righteous would be ordered by the Lord. Order our steps, my God. And let your word light the way because your word is a lamp unto our feet. We don't want to grope in darkness. We want to be walking in the light of God. So do this deep and powerful in each and every heart. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, let's praise Jesus for his guidance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So guidance can be such a supernatural thing, but we have to take advantage of it. We have to seek it. We have to be open to it. And... I want to just two quick application points on how 
do we secure the guidance of God? How do we get the guidance of God? Well, according to this prophecy and the entire story, because the entire story, there's not just a prophecy here, but there's a picture. There's an illustration here for all of us to learn. Okay? So the first thing is guidance requires, miraculous guidance requires making Jesus your leader. Is Jesus your leader? Because what you see in the text is that he said, right, you're by no means the least of the leading cities for from you will come a leader. Everyone say leader. Leader. Some translations choose the word ruler. It means to control, to guide, direct, make conform to a pattern. A leader at the, to the point that he can make us conform to his pattern for life. In other words, you have to make him your Lord. Jesus is not just a savior, he's a Lord. He's Lord and savior. Lots of people love the savior part, but they can pass on the Lord part. But can I tell you, it is a complete package. Is he your leader? Now, I need to point this out here, and I'm glad when, this, when the text gives us these opportunities to talk about something like this. An overlooked reality of the Christmas story is that even though Jesus was born in the manger, and even though there was no room for him, and he was born with the animals, he, he identified with the lowest of low, and he came to preach the gospel to the poor. I want to highlight to you that since the moment Jesus came into the earth, he began to speak to those in power. Jesus, from the very beginning, began to speak to people in the highest posts, in the highest positions, because the gospel is for everyone. No matter how high a post you hold, can I tell you something? You need a ruler. You need a leader just like everyone else. And what is magnificently illustrated for us are the two opposing opinions on this. So on one side, you get the wise men. The wise men were, were, were shown a star. There's a certain element of mystery on how they knew that, that this star represented the Messiah. For some reason, the, the, the scriptures are kind of vague on this particular issue. But it doesn't matter because obviously their guidance was supernatural and miraculous. But I want to talk about who the wise men were. They were wise men. They were the influential guys. They were the influencers of our day. Charlie Munger is a, a, a just passed away, big time business guy, billionaire. These guys were wealthy. These guys were educated. These guys were in positions of authority, but they had enough sense in their hearts to take the time to follow the leader and to go to him and bow down and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's a lot to learn from this. 
Maybe you, you have a seat of a position of power. Maybe you have a high position or maybe you're surrounded by the, the trappings of success and praise God for the goodness of God. Praise God that he's gifted you the way he's gifted you. Praise God that he's enabled you on certain occasions to be at the right place at the right time. I can tell you the godly businessmen that I know, they if you sit down and talk with them, they will tell you, listen, it was the Lord. God has been good to me. God is the one who helped me every step of the way. Could we praise God for his help? Some people say, oh, the gospel is for the poor and the weak. Absolutely not. No matter how educated you are, I've got news for you. Your position is just temporary. Your post is just temporary. But Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords forever. Hallelujah. Head of the house, head of the office, head of this, head of that. But every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. It's all temporary. When Charlie Munger, if you don't know who he is, he was Warren Buffett's partner, died at 100 years old. I could have a whole conversation about godly businessmen. Let me move on on this, but how many know once he passed away, he took nothing with him? Because it's all temporary. But heaven is for all of eternity. Hallelujah. How foolish it is not to bow to Jesus because if he's in the leadership role of your life, he can guide you to the best and safest places. And so this is a very funny topic right now because there's something about man that every man or woman is the king of their own hearts. And you have to turn over your kingship. You have to turn it over. The greatest thing that any human being can do is turn over the kingship of their heart and say, Jesus, I bow and worship you. Be my ruler, leader, Lord, and Savior. Look, Herod, here's what Herod, don't be Herod. Everybody say, don't be Herod. Can I tell you something? If there's one good piece of advice I could give you, here it is. You ready in Philly? Don't be Herod. Okay? So imagine he gets the news that the Savior of the world is coming, and he's upset. Why would Herod be upset? Herod was upset because he was saying no one will take my position as king. And somebody should have tapped on his shoulder and said, you gotta be kidding me. But that is true. That is true. And every time we say my way is better than God's way, I'm telling you right now, we are saying I am the king of my life. 
Every time we say, I don't care what the Bible says, guess what we're missing out on? We're missing out on the miracle of guidance. Can I tell you something? There is a beautiful pathway set before you in Philadelphia. No matter how complicated your problems and struggles and challenges are, Jesus can lead you out. He can guide you into the best and safest places. How many know God is able to do that for his children if we'll just let him lead? If you want to get married, if you want to arrive at this, if you want this, if you want that, if you want your family restored, let Jesus be the leader. This is a big, don't be like Herod. And I want to say this, I want to, uh, I, I want to say very simply here, and then I got to move on to point two, but you know, when the wise men, they, when they sacrificed, when they honored, when they worshiped him, what is it that they were surrendering? Here's what they were surrendering. They were surrendering time, energy, occupations, okay, and even gifts. They came and they worshiped at his feet. They gave him treasures. They said, if there's anything blessed in my life, this is the way your heart should feel every single day. If there's anything good in my life, it's because of your kindness and mercy to me. Come on, we should all be clapping for that. Come on, let's say yes, Lord. So if you want the miraculous guidance of God, number one, you have to make him Lord. You have to make him Lord. Number two, guidance requires keeping Jesus as your leader. Okay? First you gotta make him your leader, but then you gotta keep him your leader. What are you talking about? You're saying the same thing. No, I'm not. I'm not if they could send me a keyboard player. How do you keep Jesus as your leader? You let him shepherd you. One of the translations on this text says that he will shepherd his people. You let him shepherd you. Listen to what John 10, 3 and says. It says he calls his sheep by name, and he leads them out. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Okay? So the shepherd decides, listen, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because everyone, they know his voice. Okay, not only do you have to make him one day, there's an act of salvation, but then there's a day by day. Jesus, be my shepherd. And I'll say this very quickly to you, and we're gonna see God uh, uh, in a few moments. But fundamentally, here's what a shepherd decides. A shepherd decides where the sheep eat, and the shepherd decides where the sheep rest. Okay, the shepherd takes them out to eat. The shepherd takes them out to rest. He makes sure that they rest. A good question is, where do you eat? 
What's feeding you? Where do you rest? How do you chillax? What do you do to kind of get away and renew yourself? See, a lot of times we're running from ourselves and uh, you know when someone says, oh, I need a drink. I need a drink. What, is that drink gonna give you rest? You know? I need, I need some weed. What, are they, what is that, TCB? I don't know what the, what, T, CBD, sorry. <laughs> Trying to be cool, don't even know the letters, right? <laughs> Let's go get some CBD gummies or whatever it is. Why? What are you running from? See, you don't know how to rest. Okay? Some people turn to a computer to rest. That's not rest. It's fake. We think if we do this or if we reach this, then we've got it. Okay? The shepherd wants to lead you into true rest. And when it's just you and him, I'm telling you right now, there's peace like a river that will flow over your soul. How many want some peace in this season? Hallelujah. You know, it's a funny thing. When you, some, sometimes we've all been there. When you're in the flesh and there's, you're stirring on the inside, sometimes you're like, you know what? I just got to do this. I got to make that phone call. I got to say, I got to tell him what's on my mind. You know? And then you go and you just pour it out. And then when you're alone, you're sitting there and you're miserable. Because satisfying your flesh, it will never give you rest. Meanwhile, the lover of your soul, the good shepherd, he wants to lead us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He wants to take you right where you can go so that you can rest. See, and, and I'll, I'll, two quick things, then I'll close. Look, the greatest gift, there's a moment in your walk with God when, uh, and I tend to talk to leaders a lot about this, you know, especially spiritual leaders. I Young pastors, I have an opportunity to do that. One of the things I, I like to remind them and encourage them is like, look, you've got to learn to find peace in the presence of God. When you learn how to find peace in the presence of God, then all of a sudden the pressures of this world and the opinions of this world, they just don't bother you as much. Because you're good with Jesus. You know, you're just not moved as much. Your ears are just open to the guidance of God. I remember having an 18-year-old kid saying to me, ah, I can't take this. Every time I walk into a room, I can't stop thinking about people looking at me and thinking about me. And it's like, chill out. Jesus is thinking about you. 
How many know that's the one that counts? His opinion is the one that counts. And I'm telling you right now, if you want to know if the doorway to freedom, freedom from the internal turmoil, from the turmoil inside of us, it's resting in the presence of the shepherd. He wants to guide you into rest. He wants to feed your soul so that you'll be strong. He wants to nourish you with the best. So many people tend to think that God wants to withhold goodness and blessings and you're not even close. The problem is, is that we're shooting too low. The problem is, is we think if I just pursue this or if I just pursue that, I have it all. Meanwhile, he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think or even imagine if we'll just follow the shepherd. If we just go the way that he wants us to go. I was uh, talking to a brother actually yesterday who's gone through surgery, who's uh, he's, he's had a rough, he's had a rough couple months, but his spirit is so good and so strong. And here's what he said to me. It just so blessed me, and I, I'll, I'll, I'm about to close. He said, you know, one of the things that this particular hard season has shown me, is giving me, God has given me, he's giving me empathy. I'm like, I feel like I've been a compassionate person for people, but he says, but I feel, because of what I've gone through, I feel, listen to this, so much compassion for people who are going through stuff. And he said, and you know what, I know that even though this moment is hard, God is gonna use this for my good. And so part of what, part of what the, the miracle of guidance means, that you can trust that all things, everybody say all things. All things are working together for your good. How many know he uses all things? Hallelujah. And I said, I said to him, brother, only God can take the difficulties of this moment, the worst things today, and make them the best things tomorrow. Because tomorrow, when he recovers from all of this, he's going to find himself in a place that he's going to be walking in the perfect will of God and the power of God will be resting and the anointing of God and there will be people struggling in difficult places and he's going to have the word of the Lord to bring them out because he says, I've been there. I got the faith. I got the vision for you. And he could stand in the gap and God is going to use him in powerful ways because he said, I've walked through that valley of the shadow of death and I'm telling you, Fear no evil, for the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. You can walk through that valley, even in the rough patches. Hallelujah. 
So I just wanna say this, don't fight the purposes of God. Because our, I'm gonna call them self alternatives, you know, you could be a senior in high school, senior in college, I was just talking to a guy senior in college. You could be a, a senior whatever at your job, okay? Whatever that is, just know there's one who knows so much better than you do. And his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But if we will take the time and say, shepherd, take me wherever you want me to go. He will lead you into his best and what's best for you. Does anybody here believe that today? Come on, does anybody here believe that today? Hallelujah. You know, as I, as I go to close, our church is filled with stories, filled with miraculous stories. I wish I had the time to tell you stories of the miraculous leading of God. Big decision Christy and I were gonna make in Omaha. We got a, a, an offer and I hung up the phone and said, I will not make that move unless God writes it on the wall. He was actually to leave a church, to go to Brooklyn. I won't do it. I said, Lord, if you don't write this on the wall, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And I don't know, four days later, I got a letter from Austin, Texas. A letter said, we still have the letter. Okay, the letter said, Pastor Toledo, I was at your church on Easter Sunday and God has given me a, 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 a gift of prophecy and I was in the balcony. He said, I, I just, I drove, I'm a trucker and I just stopped at your church because I was on the road. I need to go to church someplace. So I went to your church. So I didn't know him. And he said, a door is opening for you. I saw you move from this place to that place. A door is opening for you. It is the Lord opening that door. Now, my wife and I had not talked to any other human being about an offer we got to leave Omaha to go to Brooklyn Tab. How did we choose to go to Brooklyn Tab? It wasn't because Pastor Simla called us. It's because we prayed and we needed direct guidance from God. And I'm telling you right now, it was right there written in that note. It's time for you to go. And then we went and prayed some more. And then we put it in front of the people over us. And even our board says, that's the Lord you have to go. Because the Spirit bears witness. I'm telling you right now, don't miss the miraculous guidance of God. He knows the hairs on your head. And he knows exactly where you need to be three days from now at 12 o'clock. How many know God is faithful to guide his people? Come on, somebody say amen. In Philadelphia, he'll lead you out of where you are. He'll lead you out of the struggle. He'll lead you out of the hardness. He'll lead you out of the difficulty. Just let him be your shepherd. Stop doing it your way and trying your plans and your schemes. The best thing you could do during Christmas season is surrender 
to the miracle of guidance. So very quickly, I wanna close with this. Here's what Tim Keller said about the Christmas season. Listen to what he said. He said, if Christmas is just a nice legend, you're on your own. But if Christmas is true, you can be saved by grace. Hallelujah.